Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Kimberly Foss. Kimberly, are you ready to do this? I am. This is awesome. Excellent. Let's do this. Kimberly is a CFP, a CPWA, an acknowledged leader in the investment management industry and founder and president of Empyrean Wealth Management. She's a frequent contributor to the Wall Street Journal and Worth Magazine, a speaker and author of Wealthy by Design. I'm excited to have you on. Kimberly, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. Well, thank you for having me, George. And um, yeah, this really was developed out of a passion as a child. Um, finance kind of became my sole driving passion as a as a as a young child. I mean, I think go back to like eight years old. Um, I've always been intrigued by the relationship between money and choice, and how that real choice can create positive change in people's lives. And as a child, for me, I was trapped by my finances and circumstances. And because of that, I learned how to believe in myself. Um, So I had created a choice to make a difference in my own life um, and to change it for the better. So my belief is that we all have free will, George, and that when you think about it, um, that's a really powerful gift that we all can harness today. And today I take that and I believe I can use that to increase abundance in people's lives through creating a choice in their life. I love that. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that embracing the agency that each one of us has, the ability to work hard and to be successful is such an important thing. So we're definitely cut from the same cloth there. It um, definitely is. I mean, and as a child growing up, I was the youngest of three, six children. My mom and dad, my father was a carpenter much like Jesus. And my mom was an Avon lady. So we didn't have a lot of money and being the youngest, um, you know, I did strive for wanting to have those, uh, those designer jeans and that kind of thing. But my parents taught me such a great lesson, um, early on. And that was, um, it was fine to have those or want those things, but for me to create that because they didn't have the money that I had to go work for that. So I connected the dots like as early as 11 years old. My mom, I wanted these short, these, uh, these designer jeans really, really bad. And they were like $38 and my mom said, fine, go, you can, you can do that, but you have to go earn the money. So I built rock walls for my parents on our property for a dollar an hour and cut down berry bushes with a thistle and uh, a a sickle and um, made that money. And then when I had the $38, I came to my mom and I said, here's the money and can I go get my jeans? And she said, oh, yeah, but I forgot to tell you one thing. I'm like, what's that? She says, you need to save double of that so that you always have money for a rainy day. And that was so critical, George, so critical to the the basically creation and the foundation of the way that I looked at money and my relationship with money, um, that it really, that was kind of the springboard that set the, the trajectory of the rest of my life and helping people create that choice. Cause I did that myself and I know anybody in this country can do that because our country is based on choice. Nice. Well, I have to put myself in your shoes and I would have been pretty irritated at mom if I had done the work <laughs> and now she's telling me that I have to save more money. But, but what a, incredible lesson to learn of actually having money saved and and there in case of an emergency or, or for a rainy day before you go out and start buying the things that you want. Believe you me, I was not happy when she said that. Like, <laughs> you, you could have told me that in the beginning, you know, but I think, I think she was just so busy, she kind of sort of forgot about that piece, so I don't, I don't blame her, but 
Um, but you know, that's also gave you, you gave me flexibility and, and, you know, things change in life and you got to deal with the, the, the things that are thrown at you. So, um, you know, I think that was a side lesson of learning about being flexible. Right. So the relationship between money and choice, if we have money, then we have more choices. And if we're interested in making alternative choices than the ones we have, we need more money. Right. Absolutely. So my investment philosophy is if you have money, you have a choice. If you don't, someone else will make that choice for you. Um, and, you know, some people are fine with that. Um, quite frankly, back in 2008, with everything that was going on and, uh, you know, the financial crisis debacle and, you know, the Great Recession, you know, people realized that they, you know, because they didn't make good choices, they didn't have a lot of, uh, they didn't have a lot of choices and therefore other people were making choices, you know, whether or not they could keep their house, the bank was making those choices. And the thing is, it's just it's just really, really a good um, fundamental, I think, philosophy and thought process that if we control our own destiny financially, we'll always have a choice. And and that becomes very pronounced, in my opinion, when people get older too, um, because you know you don't really you, you can have all the money in the world, but you don't have your health. And what I see in today's health um, industry is that, you know, when you're getting into your 70s and 80s and you're having these health problems, um, if you have money, you can go to an alternative or come to your doctors and get the attention that you need. Um, it maybe costs more, but you have that, whereby our medical system is really, really um, uh, 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 laden with, with so many uh, patients than not enough to doctors and, and, and nurses that you may not get that attention. So that's a really good, I guess, um, uh, you know, important decision down the road because down the road you may, like I said, you may have all the money, but you, you know, your health is something you can't, you can't really buy, but you sort of can. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that very much. Again, it, it gives you more options. I don't want to say that it gives you more control because you need to kind of put your no. hands in, but got it. It does give you more options. Correct. Mm-hmm. And the title of, of your book is Wealth by Design, and I, I agree with you. I like the idea that, that I am in control of as much, at least, as, as, as I can be. And so designing our financial future, is, is, is that really what you're talking about? Yeah, intentionally designing our financial future. So the book was really created out of the crisis of 2008, and then... Um, somewhat of a, um, you know, basically therapeutic for me because I, like I jokingly say, I, I still have PTSD from 2008. It seems like just yesterday, but, right. you know, we learn through those crises. So Wealthy by Design, Five Steps for Financial Security is really an intentional um, either do-it-yourself or with a, with a trusted advisor both ways that you can create that choice and that intentional design of investments um, so that you can have that choice down the road. And and that's where, even through these volatile times, just like in the markets today, how volatile they are, um, basically creating these, uh, the investment philosophy, it's it's 30 years of, of, of investment academics out of the University of Chicago and has won the Nobel Prize for the three-factor model that we use. Um, and it really is kind of boring, George, but you know what? It's Boring is good because, you know, when you're in their 60s and 70s and want to retire, you want 80% of your money to be boring, right. you know? I mean, a consistent rate of return, if the markets are up, markets are down, it's that consistent drip that you want to live off of. And, and that's what I teach in the book is that you can create that intentional 
um, intentionalness in your design of your portfolio, no matter the noise or what I used to call the investment pornography um, on television a lot. Well, there's certainly a lot of that going on more and more by the year. And yes, I think that there's immense wisdom in understanding what your plan is and then sticking to it. I think that I saw... I saw on your website that stay diversified, stay the course is also part of your philosophy. Right. It's actually stay diversified, stay your course. Because it used to be that course, and I changed it to your course and then trademark that. Um, because, you know, your course is very different. Every listener out there right now, every um, person out there saving, it, it's every, they, they, have, they have a different um, goals. They have different investment philosophy. They have a different risk tolerance. So, you know, when you go to those those cocktail parties and, and the markets are going crazy, and like, well, I just did, you know, 500% on, you know, bought Amazon in three days and da-da-da. That's great, except for the fact that you don't want it, you want to say, well, what, what was your whole portfolio over the last 20 years? Because if you think about it, you know, this in your investments that you, you are saving for, your 401k, your IRAs, your just in general, for even your kids' education, all these are going for a long-term um, effect, right? This is for... 40, 60, and sometimes 80 years of your life. So when you design that, it has to be really correlated back to the ability for you to take risk and the ability for you to stay in the markets during those volatile times. Because hopping in and out, you know, it, you know there, is, there is statistically, it's about 3% of the portfolio's return. But for you to like cho- choose that investment advisor or to choose that stock or to choose that, that, that strategy in and out, in and out, in and out, you know what? Strategically, long term, it doesn't work, and, and nobody really has been able to optimize and, and capitalize on that consistently for 30, 40, 50 years. And knowing that you have a plan in place, and that understanding that the market is going to fluctuate, so as best we can be, we're 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 prepared for how our bodies are going to react emotionally. I have to imagine that that helps reduce the amount of stress that we have on on worrying about money because that's a huge source of stress oh it's it's huge and especially one of my niches is is women in transition and especially for women because you know we do live longer than than you guys or at least right now maybe another 30 years us being in the markets and not in the markets but in 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 the you know the workforce it may it may even out the score but right now we live longer (laughs) than than you guys do so so the problem is is that yeah we we just need to make sure that we have enough funds to be able to um, take us through our retirement and uh, before, so we don't run out of our money before we get our phone call from God, as, as heaven is what I always say. Um, but yeah, it's it's a plan. Is it really helps you from being emotionally um, charged. So when the market is uh, volatile and it does get emotional, and you know you're right, the media does. That's why it's really wonderful that you're doing what you're doing because you you bring on authentic voices that are really uh, helping the average investor out there stay the course, do stay their course, right, um, and not get swayed by fear or greed. And really on the meeting, I have to say all sides, I'm not trying to be, you know, partisan either way. It really is. The reason why they're doing that is because people, they know that people react to fear and greed, right? Fear and greed drives us. And if we have a plan in place and you have a trusted advisor, if you can't do it yourself, you go back to that plan and say, look, this is the reason we're doing this. This is the allocation that we have. And we know that you can weather through this. Okay. So don't, you know, don't jump off the boat right now without your life vest, okay? Don't even jump, don't even get near the edge, right? Just go back underneath, stay put, it's going to be fine. 
Um, and, and that's what's important about having a plan really customized to who you are and what your goals are long term. What do you think that it, to help people be more successful, and this is a very, very general question, obviously, but what should people stop doing? What should they be doing more of? People should stop listening to the media as much as they do, right? Just turn off the noise. Or if they do want to listen to it, listen to it with the filter of, hey, the reason they're on there is because they need to get viewership because they need to sell airtime. That's what keeps them on the air. So there's an agenda behind it. That agenda is not necessarily your best agenda for your wealth building, right? So if you're going to listen to that, listen to it with a, I say, a filter of infotainment. Like some of it is info, some of it, most of it is entertainment, if you will, if you like it, that kind of entertainment. So people need to, to stop and listening to the people at the cocktail parties or your neighbor down the street. You know, again, their risk tolerance is not your risk tolerance. So stop doing that um, and really start saving as early and as much as possible, even if it's just $25 that you start out with. When I was um, first in my career and I started my company, you know, I had no money, blah, 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 right? So, I mean, you know, when you start a company, you really don't have a lot. So I started in my, um, in my, my set to plan was $25 a month. And then when I got a little bit more profitable, I, I upped that to 50. I doubled it. And the next year I doubled to 100 and then 200 and then 400 and then 800. And, but pretty soon I was putting in the max amount I could um, into my retirement plan, which was amazing. You could do the same thing with your 401k. Or they even have companies have, I'm sure you're familiar with this, right? Auto escalate. It, it just automatically increases by 1% or 2%. So it's kind of like you don't really feel it. And that's what we need to do. We need to save more and save early and save more often. I appreciate that very much. Um, when you're taking somebody through a your your planning process, I know that obviously there's an exchange of information. You need to know a lot about them, kind of like when somebody goes to the doctor. They, the doctor needs all the information about you. They need to know about what they're interested in, what their goals are. Um, but what, what I'm really curious about is how important is commitment from the client in the process to be successful with planning? You know, that is the one thing that I do struggle with. It, you know, commitment, just like anything else. I mean, working out, right? You can't get those ripped abs like you have, George. Seriously. <laughs> um, you can't get those, right, without just waking up and going, hey, you know, I, I really wish I had ripped abs, but you're not going to do anything for that or you're eating Doritos every day, right? You can't do that without a commitment to eating healthy and working out every day. Um, and it's the same thing, the commitment for investing. You must have a commitment that you want to have a better life down the road, whatever that is, or you want to attain those goals. And today, it's, it is so much easier, really, for the advisor. With um, We use e-money. Um, we use digital platforms where you can link up your, your investments in, in basically five minutes. So the advisor can kind of see the whole big picture, and it's not so laborsome for the, for, the, uh, for, the, for the client, right? And with those, the information is so at your fingertips, you can see where you're starting to veer, veer off, or the advisor can, so that they can help you stay on track um, easier. Um, so, so there really is so many, as much as information overload that we have, but there's 
so many uh, options to stay on course today that um, I think everybody can be successful if they have that commitment. And sometimes, you know, we are weak. Sometimes we fall off the wagon a little bit and, and, you know, have a bonbon or something, right? But, you know, that's what the advisor there is to do is to get you back on track and to really just start, you know, going back onto your whatever your goal is um, to help you back and stay the course, if you will. Yeah. And it was crazy. I thought you were in my kitchen. I've got this bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> I just know I'm telepathy, right? I can tell. I can, we're, like, we're connected. We're connected. Like I love it. Well, Kimberly, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think both, most of all, um, always remember that you, I mean, it seems very esoteric, it seems very down to earth, but you do have control of your own destiny. It's not your husband, your wife, it's not, it's not your, even your advisor, you have control over that. And the path to that success starts, starts with a solid financial plan. And that paired with the right financial advisory team or your trusted advisor, I think are the most powerful tools that you can have for the long term. If you can't or you can't afford that or can't do that, you're on plenty, plenty. My book, um, other books out there are great, great ways for you can start do it yourself. In the back of my book, I give you examples of portfolios so that you can, you can copy those if you want to um, and use those funds to really create your own destiny of choice. But, you know, start early start and, and, and save often and just know you are in control. If you believe it, you, you know, like I always say to my, my son, if you can conceive it, you can achieve it. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And Kimberly, <laughs> thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, thanks so much for having me, George. You can go to uh, EmpyreanWealth.com, and that's E-M-P-Y-R-I-O-N, Wealth.com. Or if that's easier, just go KimberlyFoss.com, um, or you can email me at uh, Kimberly at KimberlyFoss.com. I've got my book at uh, online on Amazon. Uh, Wealthy by Design, Five Steps for Financial Security. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kimberly your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Find her online. I will list those locations in the notes of the show. Get a copy of her book. I'll list that in the notes of the show as well. Thank you again, Kimberly. Thanks for having me, George. Have an awesome day. You as well. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!